welcome to Let's Talk About It podcast. I am your host, Apostle Rosemary of RCN Ministries, as well as OSGA Apostolic Network. Today, we're going to talk about experience versus encounter. Once again, the topic today is experience versus encounter. Why do so many wrestle with their flesh? Why do so many continually wrestle and kick against the will of God? I've come to tell you why. Because the word of God lets us know that anytime we have truly had an encounter with God, it is transforming. There is a transformation that takes place. Therefore, this also lets me know that when many enter into prayer and they enter into worship services, they have an experience but not an encounter with God. How can I say that? This is why I can say that. Because they enter in and they have an experience, but when they leave out, nothing has changed. Micah. The experience they've had lets me know that they've never truly gone beyond the stripping away of the old man that resides in their flesh. You see, we have to understand one thing, that flesh can live in an experience. Whenever we have an experience, we, you know, we have the cheer bumps or, or we feel a different way or we cry more, but we never come out transformed and changed. So flesh can survive and it can live when we only have an experience. But when we understand and we come into an encounter with God, then our very flesh is laid on the altar of sacrifice. And in that place and in that time, and in that moment in eternity, God is able to penetrate our hearts, our minds, and our spirits. And the Lord is able to bring such an impact that transforms our lives that when we get up off that altar, the flesh is the only thing that's late there for sacrifice. We need to understand something. Every time Joseph went from one experience in his life to the next, he also had an encounter that catapulted him to that next level in God. You see, when we begin to look at the process of Joseph's life, as it is written in Genesis chapter 37, verses 19 through 36. And you may read it at your leisure, but I want to touch on some things here. We begin to see the process that Joseph had to endure and to go through. 
the problem with so many in today in the church that are professing men and women of God is we don't want to be processed. We don't want to crucify our flesh. So we still have that root of bitterness. We still have that unforgiveness. We still have a nasty attitude. And we live before the people of God and for the church what we don't live at home, my God. At home, we're, we've done a 360 at home. Our spouses and our children and those, even our neighbors that know us, they don't even know that we're supposed to be men and women of God. But when we look at Joseph's process, the pit that Joseph's siblings, his brothers, had thrown him into, it was just a process. Why do I say that? Because it catapulted Joseph from one place to another. In the pit, Joseph learned what deception was. In the pit, Joseph learned what betrayal was. In the pit, Joseph learned what soul trauma was. In the pit, Joseph learned what jealousy was and the loss of his family. Then we begin to understand that these same brothers went back, took Joseph out of the pit, and they sold him into slavery. Joseph had lost everything. Still yet, Joseph did not allow this to make him bitter. He allowed it to make him better. He learned servitude in the pit. Joseph learned submission in the pit. Joseph learned obedience in the pit. And how to fully trust God. While being lied on and accused by Potiphar's wife. Joseph in the house of Potiphar. Here, Joseph learned through his process how to live through slander when he'd been lied on and his character was under attack. See, so many times we don't know how, we don't know how to take a, an attack as men and women of God. We don't know how to go through the pit experience and still love those who have hurt us, who have wounded us, who have betrayed us. We don't know how to bless them and keep on going. Uh, when we get to Potiphar's house, the house of slander, when our character is under attack, when people are lying on us, uh, we don't know how to go through that process. Rather than allowing it to make us better, we begin to try to prove something to man. We begin to try to defend ourselves to man. We take to social media platforms and we begin to try to use scripture to stroke our own egos of disobedience. My God. Rather than sitting down somewhere and allowing God to just process us. In the prison, 
Joseph learned what it was to choose his freedom, to lose his freedom, excuse me. So in the prison, Joseph learned what it was to lose his freedom. He didn't have a choice. It was taken from him, y'all. Joseph had been stripped of everything he possessed in the natural. But what the enemy failed to realize was what he had taken from Joseph was only his ability to be a part of a family, to wear a coat of many colors, But he couldn't take what resided down in his spiritual womb. He could not strip him of that. Why? Because the favor upon his life, it was deeper than that. When man thinks he can strip you of who God says he's called you to be in him. When the favor on your life is not just an outward experience, but an inward manifestation of who God says you are. And when he's predestined for your life, you're going to walk in it. It's going to come into manifestation. It shall come into fruition. You don't have to try to prove. You don't have to try to thin. You don't have to try to counteract every word that somebody has spoken against you. You don't have to take the social media and take the word of God and try to make it make you feel good and make you be the right person and make everybody else be wrong. It's not of God. Sit your hips down and let God process you. The palace. Joseph had gone through the process and in his obedience to God, he received the unusual favor of God. The favor of God was engrafted into Joseph's DNA. So the environment he was exposed to couldn't stop him. <laughs> it only refined him. And it was the springboard or the catalyst that launched him into his destiny. Who am I talking to? My Lord, help me Jesus. See, we've got to understand when God has taken us through the process of being deceived, of being betrayed, of dealing with jealousy, even in your own family, coming from your own friends. Come on, somebody. Coming from men and women of God you love. Mm. We've got to keep on walking. Even when people attack your character and they begin to, to accuse you of things you know you haven't done, you got to keep on walking. Uh, even when you know that the attacks that you're under are nothing but lies from the pits of hell. Ah, oh, keep on walking. Even when you're in prison and the enemy has taken your freedom because you've lost your freedom, keep on walking. Why? Because in those alone times is when God can get you by yourself. Those are the times that God can truly talk to you. Those are the times that you can really encounter God in a life-changing, life-transforming way. These are the times when you're left alone, when it's you and God. 
that God begins to close everything off. God begins to close everybody off. And God begins to say, I need you at my feet. I need you at my feet. I need you listening. I need you watching. I need you praying. I need you consecrating yourself to me. Why? Because I've set you aside for such a time as this. If we don't obey God, we will never make it to our palace. Our palace is representative of our destinies. Our palace represents our mandate. Oh, my God. You see, we've got to understand something. When we experience something, you hear people, um, they're in church service and they're, they're up in worship or they're in prayer service and they begin to say, oh, what they're experiencing. I want, I've come to tell you this. We can experience the cheer bumps, oh, but that doesn't mean it's God. We can experience the feel good. That doesn't mean it's God. We can experience a new level or a different atmosphere when it shifts. But that does not mean it is God. When we know we've had an encounter with God is when we can go down messed up, tore up from the floor in sin. Oh, battling and going through mind battles. And we can get up with a renewed mind, with a restored spirit, with clean hands, and with a circumcised heart. Because our lives have been transformed by an encounter with the king, my God. But an experience is not to be taken for an encounter with God. When you begin to look around, at many professing men and women and you're moved at what you see and their old man and their old nature is still alive. So many are going out and they're still functioning. They're still teaching. They're still ministering. And God says, but I need to kill what's in you. It's still there. How do I know it's still there? Because I'm still acting like I used to act. I'm still living like I used to live. Oh, God, help me, Jesus. Oh, we can understand this. What's happened, so many have said. I've come to tell you what's happened. When you see professing men and women of God, and they're, they're preaching one thing, and, and they're teaching one thing, but they're living a whole nother lifestyle behind the church, outside of the church, at home, before family, before everyone who knows them outside of the church. Why? Because they've had only an experience, but they were never ever able to really enter into having an encounter with God. They begin to talk about something they experienced when they came into worship or they came into prayer. What they've experienced was able only to touch the surface, but it didn't have the ability nor the capability to penetrate their flesh and transform their lives. Whenever someone has had an encounter, it has the ability to penetrate hearts, minds, uh, 
spirits and transform lives for the kingdom so that God will get the glory. Oh God, help me Jesus. Every time we truly encounter God, we have a transformation from the old man to the new man, from the old way of thinking of that carnal mindset to the new spiritual mindset. If you're still wrestling with your flesh in any area of your life, you have not had an encounter. You've only had an experience. Ah, oh, help me, Jesus. Let's look at the woman at the well. That can be found in John chapter 4, verses 1 through 26. Ah, oh, then we look at the woman with the issue of blood. And that can be found in Mark chapter 5, verse 25 to 34. These two women both had encounters. They had encounters with God. How do I know that? Because their lives were forever transformed and changed. It brought glory to the Father. It brought glory to God. The woman at the well was thirsty. And she'd gone to draw water from the well. But what she wasn't expecting was to go to the well that was known as Jacob's well and find the well, I want y'all to catch this, and find the well sitting on the well. My God, somebody missed the place to shout right there. The Samaritan woman was not looking to go to the well to draw natural substance of water and find the well the Messiah, the Christ, the son of the true living God, the one true living God. She wasn't expecting to go to the well, a physical place, and find a spiritual well uh, with rivers of living water that never run dry. Jesus, help me. I'm trying not to preach right here. Mm. Jesus is the eternal well with those living waters. Therefore, her encounter impacted and transformed her life. Her life. But those like Judas, even though Judas walked with Jesus, even though Judas was there to physically see the moves of God through the miracles of Jesus, he never truly encountered or enter into a full encounter, should I say, with God. He stayed on the shorelines of experience. See, ah, right here, this is when we're dealing with people that are on shallow waters. Shallow water people have ex they have an experience. When we begin to deal with Judases that have the needy, ah, faith. Those are the ones that have experiences. When we begin to look at those that have the, the water that comes and reaches up to their loins. Those are those that have experiences. You see an experience. It's something new you've never felt before. Something you've never experienced before. But an encounter is an eternal transformation. Where you go from one way of existence to another. Where you go from one mindset to another. 
leaders, before you pour any more oil, before you give out any more ministerial credentials, make sure the Holy Spirit has appointed and anointed those upon whom you're getting ready to elevate. Make sure that God has already circumcised their hearts. Make sure that the intentions of their hearts are right. Make sure they're not looking for recognition. They're not looking for platitudes. They're not looking for platforms. They're not looking for connections. They're not looking for business ventures, but they're looking for the Father. And they're seeking his heart like David. I'm after, I want to be like David because the word of God tells us that David was a man after God's own heart. You see, many may look upon the outward works and words of so many people, men and women. But God is saying, look within. There is a stench. There is a rot. There is a decay of bitterness, unforgiveness, rebellion, disobedience, uh, unsubmission. Haughtiness, pride, stubbornness, arrogance, bad tempers, bad attitudes. My God, help me, Jesus. You see, an experience is based on the tangible, what I see, what I feel, what I think I know. Hold it right there. What I think I know. See, the problem is we got too many people that, that feel as though they, they know everything when it comes to being book smart. But then when it comes to the things of God, they, they don't know yet. Why? Because they haven't allowed God to process them. But when we have an encounter, an encounter is based on what God said. When we met him in eternity, what God said, when our discernment showed us the intent of the people's hearts, what God said when he began to reveal to us and we had an experience 